and welcome to episode 64 of Yins Are Good, the podcast that shares and celebrates all of the good stuff going on out there and all of the good people who are making that good stuff happen. I am your host, Tressa Glover. Thank you so much for joining me and us today. I hope all is well with you. And I hope that you're finding some time to, maybe every day, but make that gratitude list, that list of things you're grateful for. Sometimes it's a good thing to do first thing in the morning, or maybe the last thing you do before you go to sleep. But I know I wanted to share with you that, especially over the last couple of days, I have found myself being very grateful for laughter the laughter that is in my life and has been in my life from the time I was growing up. And so I'm so grateful to my parents, first of all, uh, and my extended family as well, but to have been raised in a home where laughter was a common sound, a common state of being, really. And even when, or maybe, you know, especially when there were tough times and learning that it was okay and sometimes necessary to find a little humor to get through the tougher times. So, yep, just feeling especially grateful for that lately. What are you grateful for? You know I want to know. And I want to share it on the show so everyone Um, can hear it as well. So if you want to share what you're grateful for, who you're grateful for, is there an act of kindness that you were the recipient of? Did you witness someone doing something for someone else? Any of these things and more. Please email us at yinsaregood at gmail.com and you know I will share them on the show. Let's talk about this show, shall we? This episode in particular. What is coming up? It's so good. Well, first, we were at the Swissvale Farmer's Market yet again. Oh my gosh, and met yet again so many wonderful people. Specifically, we got to chat with and and learn more about communities in schools. Boy, are they doing great work? Uh, they happen to be set up right next to us in the tent next to us. And I chatted for a bit with Emily Eichner, who is the volunteer and mentoring coordinator there. And you're going to hear right from her more about this communities and schools. They're awesome. And okay, I just, I really, I had such a good time talking with Vinnie Borelli. Uh, We got to talk a couple of times. So he, and you're going to hear it right from him, of course, but he is an entrepreneur, a speaker, motivational coach. He is helping people find their passion, helping them to change their lives. And you're going to hear, you know, his story, his journey that ultimately led him to want to help others because of what he had gone through. And oh boy, how many times have we heard that on this show? But he really, I just, you're going to love him. Um, So you're going to hear from him also. 
And, I mean, name that neighborhood. What would an episode be without it? Done, ready and waiting for another round of his favorite time of the week. We all know that. So we got that too. And so I think with all of that, let's get right to it. Yes, let's get to the good stuff. So, oh my God, this is so fun. So tell us, yeah, so wherever you want to just tell us about. Yeah, absolutely. So Communities and Schools, we're a nonprofit focused mainly in the Pittsburgh area. We're national, but uh, we really, really try to promote um, surrounding all students in the Pittsburgh area in a community of support, you know? So after the last school year, we of course know like how detrimental COVID has impacted education. And that's for a lot of reasons, you know, it yeah. can be, um, just not feeling like they're connected in the school system anymore. They don't have that sense of community and just not feeling like they really belong. So our goal here is to really have, um, we design a ton of different programs that really help to provide those extra supports in every school that students can really benefit from. Mm-hmm. My job in particular, um, I'm the volunteer and mentoring coordinator with communities and schools. So um, I design all of the different mentoring programs that Pittsburgh Public Schools offers, um, mainly in the North Shore region. Basically what we do is we pair um, anyone who's interested in mentoring, who's 18 and older, who can donate 45 minutes a week, one day a week from October to May. Um, And we pair them with a middle schooler who really wants to be a part of the program and really wants to feel a little bit of extra support. Um, We design um, different um, life skills sort of activities um, so where they can oh yeah perfect perfect okay <laughs> that's Pittsburgh for you <laughs> Um, so we design like different life skills activities mm-hmm. for kids to be able to work with. So they learn and they get to practice with their mentor, healthy communication and what good relationships look like and um, how to foster a positive environment, um, uh, uh, self-care, um, exploring different job opportunities. So it's all these really critical components to give a student a holistic education, mm-hmm. but giving them that space and that freedom to feel like someone is individually catering to them and is there in their corner. Yeah. So how does it work as far as, so if there is someone who's interested, yeah. right? So are they, if they're thinking like, what does my background need to be? Or what yeah. do I need to, you know, what experience do I need to have? Or you don't have to have any okay. um, on it. All you want, all we want is someone who, who cares, you know, and mm-hmm. if you want to make a positive impact for a lo- really low time commitment, please reach out to me. Um, all I do is I go through an orientation with you. I kind of share with you what we're looking for. Um, and the cool thing too, is that we have such a great community where if you might like feel like, Hey, like I might need a little, I think that my mentee might need a little bit of extra help in this way like I'll design something for you or we can kind of brainstorm together it's super individualistic um, mm-hmm. but it's the community is there to help everyone to really help to grow and foster a positive environment so and yeah and, and especially like you know as you were saying especially these last few years I, I mean imagine yeah and I mean we, yeah. we've seen like um, a lot of students like whenever they're tracking just academic achievement it's really dropped but that social and um, behavioral development Mm -hmm. has actually dropped by almost three years in terms of where students should be at Um, so it's really like these skills are more critical than ever 
Um, so we're looking for really anyone who's interested in really making a positive impact because it just takes one person to change a child's life. Mm. Oh gosh, that's true. Absolutely. How long have you been working with them? I, this is actually my first year working specifically with communities and schools. Mm -hmm. um, I actually started as an English teacher. Um, oh. I've taught for seven years and I loved teaching, but I learned that there's a lot more holistic support that I really want to be able to provide a wide variety of students. Mm -hmm. um, so I got my master's at Pitt um, and I learned how to be able to operate nonprofit work. And I worked with Big Brothers Big Sisters for a little while and th this opportunity fell on my lap and I loved it. So oh it's an incredible gosh. job. It's the best job in the world. I love yeah. it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I know. This is so, oh my gosh. Is yeah. there something in particular? I know like, okay, big question. Yeah. But is there any, uh, you know, a memory or a moment or something in particular that sticks with you? out of many. I know there's, oh, there's so, many. so many. Honestly, I feel like at the end of the year, we kind of do like a big celebration, you know, and like the kids kind of celebrate how far they've come and they get to work with their mentors. And, um, we do this thing where, you know, we write um, our name on a piece of paper and everyone writes something positive about that person. And they, they tell everyone, they tell me like, Oh my gosh, like, I didn't realize that these people thought so many positive things about me and they keep it as like a little sentimental moment, mm -hmm. but it really speaks to just the community that we have, you know, we're very, very, in-depth and in-rooted um, nonprofit through all, a lot of the Pittsburgh schools. We're always looking to, to create new partners and just really help and bring everyone together as, po as much as possible. I so, this. And yeah. so where, um, a website or where can folks go? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you can do one of two things. You can go um, onto our website. So www.cispac.org. That's communities and schools of Pittsburgh and Allegheny County. So C I S P A C dot org. <laughs> God, or, it took me a second. I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. Or just reach out to me. Um, my okay. name is Emily Eichner. You can either call my cell phone, uh, which is 724-292-4261. Oh it's, it's my mobile work phone. Um, or um, you can send me an email at E Eichner, um, E I C H N E R at sysback.org. This is so, great. Yeah. It's so fun to talk to you. It's so great. Okay. I'm so excited. I can't, can you believe that we just paired next to each other? It's like meant to be, it's you know? Totally meant to be. I looked over and I'm like, oh my gosh, we have to keep talking. I know. Well, you're amazing. I really appreciate oh. you doing all this stuff and really being able to bring all the great things in Pittsburgh to light. Oh, so, thank well, thank you. you. It's, I absolutely. mean, my gosh, folks like you, I mean, make it easy. Yeah, absolutely. Make it easy. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You're so sweet. Thank you. <laughs>Hi, how are you? <laughs> good. How are you? I'm doing well. Good to connect finally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I'm so excited to have you here on the show and to get to chat more with you. I've already enjoyed the little bit that we've gotten to talk uh, before now. Can we just dive in? And, and I think, I mean, obviously we're going to break it down and get more specific, but can we start would you like to introduce yourself sure. to the listeners and tell us, you know, what, what do you do? Absolutely. So I'm Vinnie Brelli, and I really started this uh, during the COVID period where people were deep down in negativity and depression uh, with everything going on in the world. And so really, in a nutshell, what I do is I motivate and inspire people really just to find their true passions and desires. And then when they do that, with most of the time my help, uh, then they can pursue them with 100% focus and determination with some of the coaching I do. Mm. I could not be more excited to have this conversation with you seriously. <laughs> and I, it's just, it checks so many boxes in my mind. And also when you say that, that you started during the pandemic, that's exactly how this podcast and when it started, it was the same thing oh, in the awesome. middle of 2020. 
and wanting to get good news out there and good stuff and just get, you know, let's, let's share all of that with each other. Right. Um, so I totally just right off the bat, get that. So Great. can we talk a couple of, you know, uh, maybe some, some deets as the kids say, but you, you are a Pittsburgh native. Yes. Yeah, I am. Yes. I grew <laughs> up in Bloomfield and Pittsburgh's little Italy. Yes. Okay. Yeah, now yeah. you and I did talk a little bit about that because yes. my family was there as well. That's and right. so, yeah. Oh my gosh. And the stories that I was so lucky to have them to share stories of where, you know, when at that time and when they grew up there, but so, yeah, so you were born and raised there. Yes. Born and raised in Bloomfield in Pittsburgh's Little Italy, if for people that do not know where that is, and actually working on a book, a second book that's going to be called Growing Up in Pittsburgh's Little Italy, The Village of Bloomfield, so we could get it out there how the culture was, because it's pretty much died off, as you know, uh, growing up with Italian immigrant parents, and negativity was like the norm in our home. You know, if you won the lottery, well, you're going to have to pay taxes. If it's sunny out, you know, well, well it could rain. So. <laughs> Always skeptical, yes. So, so I tried to switch gears early on. It took a while. It was very hard. <laughs> oh my god, it's so true. Yeah. Oh my. Oh, I can't wait for that book. Yeah, it's in the making. Well, just getting just getting started. So I'm going to announce it at the Little Italy Days here in, in a couple of weeks. I think at the 18th of this month. Uh, I'm one of the MCs. I'll be on one of the stages. I don't know where, but you'll find me there. Oh my gosh. I will find you because I will be there. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I'll be, I think, on the Pearl, or excuse me, Cedarville Street. So where the Pleasure Bar is, that corner. Yes. It's where, like, the accordion, uh, I forget her name. She does, it's just, that's where, like, the Italian bocce court is and stuff. So oh, they yeah. placed me there. They did last year. Anyway. So that is the street that my mom grew up until she was eight years old. That's They lived in those houses. They've redone them, but those row houses right there in Cedarville. Oh, wow. Perfect. Oh, yeah. That's right where she, right and right where the bocce courts are. It's so perfect. That's awesome. Good, good. I'll be there. <laughs> yes. We'll get to meet in person. Yeah, that's, awesome. that's great. I look forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. So, and, and so speaking of, to talk about it, but just your journey and what, what led you into this positivity business, as I call it, but, you know, sure. what, what some influences sure. and how you got to do this. Sure. Well, then it started there again, like the immigrant father from Italy. My mother's 100 percent Italian as well. It was always that like negative, you know, they wanted the best for us, but it was always that negative kind of overlaying message of, you know, go to school, but you get a job or you might lose your job. There was always that negativity that existed there. And so I found that I lost my sister when I was 13 years old. She was 18. And I thought there can't be any more pain than this and really hit rock bottom and found myself going in the wrong direction in many aspects of my life. So I kind of, I really shifted my mindset and tried to ignore the negative people and their comments. You know, a lot of people didn't have the, the empathy and compassion. And some of them said, wow, what are you going to do now? Your big sister's not here. Instead of saying, wow, then you lost your sister. Geez, that must be painful. So I was able to really shift my mindset, block out the negative people, which we'll dive into later that, that I wrote in my book and just really manifest the things that I focused on. I was deliberate with my intentions that always say have deliberate intentions and just change my life from the negative to the positive. And, you know, I'll never go back. And I try to help people to not stay there because it's easy to live in negativity. It's harder to be positive, but, but, but you have to do that with your mind. Start mm. there anyway. Gosh, that's so true. Yeah. And so how do you think, what were your first steps to, to do that, to make that change and to, you know, do you remember specifically or, or not, but like how you, you were able to change the way that you were thinking or your, yeah. Sure. It started with really failures. And a lot of people mm. said, well, what do you mean by that? Well, failures, you know, people that quit, that's the true failure. The people that can pursue 
their dreams still through fear are the ones that can get through the adversity and have the fortitude to keep going. So during my failures, that's really where I found that, well, look, I already failed, but I at least tried. So I had to really shift to, to get better. Otherwise to stay in the failure and the misery, the depression, I was really going in a bad place, dark place where I wanted to give up on everything, including my life itself. And so that really was it. It was, I hit rock bottom and thought, look, it can't get any lower than here. There's only one way to go and that's up, but no one's going to come and pull you up unless you make the choice. And it starts with the decisions. And that's, that's really what I did. I was very, very deliberate on not being depressed and not being miserable and not seeing all the bad out there and start looking at the good. Cause you know, the things that come at us in life, trust, as you know, they, they aren't going to change. It's how you change, right. To, to make them, to make them appear real. So, you know, we're going to have storms. We're going to have the drama and the media and the social media drama and all the stuff that's out there, the negativity on the news, but it's how we react to it is the only way it can change. And if you don't, then you'll just stay there with that. If that makes sense. Mm. It really does. So what, when did this really start for you, this part of it, as far as bringing it to other people and wanting to share it with others? Really in my late twenties, when I, I had a restaurant in Bloomfield, I had a bar, a couple failures that I just, I didn't give it my hundred percent focus. So when I switched, had to be probably my early, I guess, yeah, right mid twenties, right in early thirties. You know, I started thinking, well, I got a, a story to tell about where I was when I lost my sister in and, and, and I can't remember who exactly listened to me. And they said, you know, Vinny, there's a lot more detail you could give to people to help people cope through the loss of a loved one, to help people cope through, you know, drug addiction and depression. And, and so that's where it really started there. I, I wanted to start inspiring people and changing the way people thought, like their mindset on, on, and their outlook on life. Hmm. And so how, what was kind of the first thing, what was the first thing you did or the first, did you... I guess, how did you, what was, ha, why don't I ask an actual question? And then, <laughs> what am I trying to say? No, so what was the first, you know, getting people together to help? Did you kind of get a group together and talk to people? Was it people you knew already? Yeah, really people I knew. I had a lot of childhood yeah. friends that went down the drug path and some yeah. went to, you know, the, got incarcerated that path by getting arrested just over, you know, nothing major, but a crime's a crime. And it was a choice that was made. And then once the repercussions come in, that's when everyone hits home and go, what did I do? That's mm -hmm. when people feel that, you know, they made the mistake, but it truly isn't a mistake. It's a choice. So it started way back when, again, a couple of friends committed suicide, a couple of friends overdosed. And these were like childhood friends from, you know, from birth. Like we've known, known each other, knew each other since, you know, the streets of Bloomfield when we were two years old, you know, playing mm -hmm. in diapers. So uh, that being said, it, it started back then. And I got asked one time to speak at a renewal center which was very challenging because those folks, you know, the people in prison that I'd like to help and the people that are on the drug path, they don't have a lot of choices left. They've already kind of created their path. So to keep them positive was really challenging. But I asked to, I was asked to speak there and I did that. And I felt, wow, I walked out and I didn't have an impact on anybody because they all looked at me like, well, what do you know? You think you're better than us. And, and that truly wasn't the message. The message was you got here because of a choice you made, not a mistake. You know, you chose to pick a particular substance or pick a particular crime. And so that's when it started. And after that, it was really an awakening where I said, look, I can touch more people, just not in that system. And if I need to be back in that system, I'd be honored to go back and try to help. But more or less on teenagers, college students that don't have direction. And even mm -hmm. adults, I talked to a lot of adults that some of my friends are going through divorce. I've talked to multimillionaires that are just miserable. And so in my book, you know, the, the prosperity part is the first, furthest thing 
from monetary, from materialistic things. It's prosperity and, you know, your, yourself, your life, personally, professionally, spiritually, with your significant other, if you have one, or boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. If, if that, does that make sense, Treza? Yes, it absolutely does. Okay. And can we, I mean, let's talk about it. Let's jump right into this book. Sure. Now that you're, yes, yeah, so which I'm holding in my hands at the moment. And I, have, I haven't finished it yet. Oh, but I've started. Good, good. It's so awesome. So Personal Prosperity Blueprint, A Journey from Pain to Passion into Prosperity. So that's what you're sure. talking about, that yeah. your yeah. definition of prosperity. Yeah, my pre definition of prosperity is yeah. really finding yourself and being solid and grounded in those four categories. I consider the best things that you could be prosperous in, which is personally you know, knowing yourself and I'll dive into the four pillars in a moment, but mm -hmm. professionally, if that's, and it doesn't matter what you do for, for, it doesn't have to be the academic path. It doesn't have to be a, you don't have to be a surgeon. You could be a trade worker. It doesn't matter what you do spiritually, just knowing yourself and being thankful with gratitude. And then financially, if that, if that's what your dreams and desires are, then go that route. And so I created these four pillars because I found them to work for any person of any age to succeed in their lives in those categories. And then the first pillar, if I could dive in, is detachment yeah. of negative and toxic people. And that really means, you know, getting rid of the polluters around you. You know, everyone in my life always said, well, you're not going to be able to do that or you can't do this. And my question would be, well, why? You know, yeah. and in the book, I have this generation why not section, but we won't get into that. But then, oh, that. so the second pillar is set the tempo of your day. So if you start your day, with, you know, picking up your phone, everyone does it. They want to take a picture of their, their breakfast sandwich, or they want to look at whose drama was posted the previous night, or the news, or the paper. It normally doesn't start with, wow, Tressa won $7 billion last night, and what a great day it's going to be for her and her family. It's always something, you know, what crime occurred in the city, or what, who passed away, or what tragedy existed. So mm -hmm. I, as a, as a martial artist, when I was younger, we set the tempo of our own day when we were in the ring or if we were competing. So I tell people, set the temp of your day with first get up and say, thank you for even being able to wake up and start your day on your clock, not on if it's raining or it's snowing or you got a flat tire. That again, those are the things that are going to come at you. Then it kind of goes right into the third, which is the relationship with you yourself, meaning that you have to love yourself and be you know confident in what you want to do in, in what you want to pursue in your life. And no one can, I can't tell you what your true passions are and desires unless I you know, sit down and we get granular on your life. So mm -hmm. you have to have that relationship that's solid with yourself. And then the last thing is what people think is so hard, but it's the process of preparation and discipline. And I, what I mean by that is preparing for whatever career you're in, preparing for your wedding day, preparing for making your spouse or significant other happy uh, by preparing and thinking. And the discipline part of that is it, it's not easy. You know, it's easy to be single and go out and date and do all that stuff, but it's hard to make relationships work. It's hard to keep a good career and be good at what you do. And some of it takes sacrifice. And I tell a lot of people that sacrifice shouldn't be, well, if I have to skip that golf tournament or if I have to skip happy hour with the guys or the girls, that's not sacrifice. That's just giving up something to do something better. That should be part of the discipline and it should be a good thing and not a, something you regret. So those are the four pillars that I found were, were useful and helpful to anybody I spoke to at any age. Mm. It's just taken me a minute. I'm digesting okay. all of that. <laughs> Lots of digest. <laughs> there is. And especially, yeah, that, that discipline you're saying at the end, what, that, that perspective of it and that idea. Yeah. And I hate to Sacrifice. talk that like, it's, it's not that it's at a high level trust. It's that really when I changed and people don't believe in manifesting their own lives, but when I changed my outlook and my thought process and my, negative into positive things change for me and i'm no smarter or brighter or any 
anything different than anyone else that, that that's listening to this. It's just my mindset change. And as soon as I started changing the way I looked at things more positively, more positive things start happening. And it's just it's just the fact of life. I don't know how else to explain it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I have I have found that as well. Actually, I know I do understand what you're talking about. Yeah. It's just and, <laughs> yeah. And so. Oh, well, let's let's let me ask you right now. So sure. where can folks and listeners where can they get this book? Sure. So you can get it on Amazon. I got Amazon bestseller when it first came out. So pretty proud of that. But you can look yes. it up at www.vinnieborelli.com and it's V-I-N-N-I-E. B-O-R-R-E-L-L-I.com. And then also I do this final ride burial service. I'm an ordained minister as well to help people through the coping process. And that's your final ride.com that it's, I help people. I I can do the service and help families get through the grieving process. What don't you do? Okay. Okay. (laughs) Keeping a list here because you just kind of threw in like, (laughs) and you threw in like, well, the martial arts. I'm like, well, of course. Yeah. Because of course. All right. And that was a way to get through the grief. When I was 13, I was forced Uh, to go martial arts. I wasn't happy, but you know, I was getting bullied on the streets when I was younger. mm. My mother said, my sister passed away and she said, well, you're going to karate. And so then ever since then, I took a bunch of different arts and did some competitive fighting. And that was that. So, oh my gosh. And so is there anything as far as uh, feedback that you get from folks along the way? Is there anything that you hear or have heard most commonly or most frequently from people? Yeah, most frequently I, I've been hearing, you know, your, your, your energy is contagious. And I love that. Mm. I, I want to be infectious. I want people to get off the phone. You know, previous, previously in my life, I wasn't that way. I was, you know, down and out and grumpy and miserable and hot-headed and bad, you know, Italian temper, of course, that comes with the territory, right? My wife doesn't like that part of me, but but in any event, I, I get just, you're infectious, your, your energy's contagious and we love it, you know? And that's my goal, to, to make people feel better after they talk to me, not worse. Mm, that seems pretty simple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and is there, I know this is such a big question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, but is there anything you could say that you, love most about what you do or anything yeah yeah no it's a big it's a big question i get that a lot and it's very it's very it's the same for me it's very authentic and it's really making people realize their potential and also like the dreams that they have and one of my things was igniting your passions another seminar that's going to be coming up is going to be called uh, mastering your motives so master your motives and so just making people realize their potential and their dreams and they really can come true, all of them, if they just pursue them with, you know, 100% focus and, you know, deliberate intentions. Hmm. And if so for anyone who might be listening who is dealing with grief, and I, I mean, I think, well, probably everybody in some way, but if someone is really finding themselves uh, grief or and, and they're feeling well, all of the things that come along with it, right, mm-hmm. or feeling kind of in a state of not, you know, wanting to be able to try to do this and just having trouble or do you have any advice for them or anything? Yeah. The the only thing I can give, and it's, again, it's consistent with my messages. You can look at the, the, the negative part of it and the loss and ask questions. And those questions, unfortunately, not for me, not from anyone, unless God himself would come down and tell you why (laughs) things happen. Cause you know, I've, I did a service for a two-year-old who passed away had SIDS. My sister was 18. You know, mm. the, 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 the range, it doesn't matter. You still mm. have the same pain from a 90 year old, you know, passing away. So yeah. it's, you could think of the bad and the wise, and you're never going to get those answers or 
you could try to switch again the mindset to well look at all the good memories and and try to do that and it's very difficult by no means am i discounting how painful and how hard that is to do but it's easy to get depressed and sit there and and grieve and just go into that deep dark hole that nothing will get you out of unless you personally try to think of all the positive that existed when you did have that you know experience with that person or that child even if it was a, a, an infant which is sad to say and very hard for me to even digest saying it but that's the only way to get through it is just think of the good things and everything happens for a reason in our lives and there's never going to be an answer to exactly why the the pain is was given to any of us hmm. can along those lines um and can i ask and if it, I, I know it's personal, so please feel free. You don't have to answer it, but sure. could you, are there some memories about your sister that are yeah. the ones you think about that? Yeah. Sure. Mine's a little different, and, and a lot of people don't have this, but my sister was a church. Uh, she was in the choir, and she sang for weddings and was in like a teenage pageant many, many years ago. She passed away in 1986, so many, many years ago. But a lot of people I still see say, well, we remember your sister Gina singing in our wedding, and I am fortunate enough and blessed enough to have a CD of her that I even played for my wife, Nicole and, and myself, our wedding. She sang our wedding song without even being there in the Ave Maria. And so for me, those are the memories. I remember sitting here watching her play the piano, you know, watching her at, at different uh, funerals and weddings that she sang at. And it, she always just brought a breath of fresh air into every person, everyone who heard her angelic voice as I hear. So those are the good memories I have, but not, you know, I try not to think of the hospitals where, you know, she had open heart surgery was in the hospital multiple times, couldn't enjoy her life at all. No roller coasters, no sports because of a severe congenital heart disease. So mm. I could think of that and dwell on that and, you know, get teary eyed and, and live, relive that grief. But I choose to look at the positive that she was blessed and my angel now looking over me. That's the only way to look at it. Mm. And she, and I think about it too, that she is living on through you. Yes. And absolutely. through those who knew her. And that Even, inspired yeah. me too. Yeah, she was a big inspiration for me to do this because that's how it started. It was really the pain and nasty, you know, Vinnie Borelli that I was growing up because I was so angry at, you know, why did they take my sister? I had nobody else. I don't have any other siblings. So it was a bummer. But yeah, mm -hmm. I think that that, that really, she over oversaw uh, the pain I was going through and just gave me some light on this. Mm. Is there anything else you wanted to mention or talk about that we haven't yet covered no i mean that's that's it Tressa. this has been an honor i do uh, monday nights at seven i do make it happen monday live on facebook it's like a two to five minute talk sunday nights i do significant sunday at seven o'clock uh most recently the yeah jagoff folks put me on 92.9 yes on the car talk show yeah i'm the guest every other friday so i was just this friday and so it'll be not th this coming friday but every other friday so you can find me there i think it's at nine o'clock on fridays between nine and nine fifteen so just, um, yeah, I want people to follow me. And, you know, if you haven't got my book, get it. Find me at Little Italy Days and uh, just ask for help. My, my personal cell phone numbers on my business card and on my website. So I just want to help as many people as I can. And thank you for that. You know, thank yeah. you for it's. And I've said it. I know listeners have heard me say this before on the show, but it's um, just thank you for taking your journey and all that you have been through and continue, right? It's, it's all one big journey, but you know, choosing to reach out to others who you know need it well, thank and, you. and doing what you can. Sure. That's just, it's really, and I can't wait to little Italy days. Maybe. Okay. So maybe I know you're emceeing, so it'll be a big deal, but maybe we can get a little more audio. For oh yeah. Later for episode. sure. That'd be great to do live. That would be fantastic. I'd love that. Absolutely.
Yes. Okay. Sure. That's wonderful. Why well, can't I think? Music. Yeah. I don't know the lineup yet, Tressa, but I know there's always live music, so we could. Last year, Magic Moments was there. Amara, the the uh, the woman who does the accordion, she was there last year. So there's some authentic stuff we could. Yeah, we can have some backdrop music. That'd be great. I would love it. Yes, I grew up. My grandfather played the accordion whenever possible. Oh, I love that. So I wish of, I knew how to play that. <laughs> I have it. I got one of his. He gave me one of his for one of my birthdays, and I okay. have it. And I'm still. I play piano, but I don't know. It's a. It's heavy. Yeah, and there's a tricky. lot going on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, both hands are two different things. Yeah, it's tricky. <laughs> Avidi, this is this is awesome. And I hope, yeah, we're definitely going to be be talking more because I, I would love it. And I just, I can't thank you enough for sharing thank you. with us. Yeah, you as well. I appreciate it. It's been an honor, Tressa. Uh, really has. Thank you. Okay, we'll talk soon. All right, thanks. Okay, bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Hello, Don. Hello, Tressa. Uh, just right off the bat here, because it obviously sounds a little different. It does indeed. Where are we? <laughs> we are at Orbis Cafe. Woo-woo! In the heart of Mount Lebanon. <laughs> Listeners, uh, most of you I know would be familiar. We did a live show here back in March, mm-hmm. featuring one Giselle Fetterman. Sure. You may have heard of her. I'm familiar. And, you know, and we're was, back. That was our second live show here. That's right. That's right. Nice. So and we thought, we're back. We're back. We thought it'd be fun to yeah. sit here. And Sitting at the bar. I'm, I'm enjoying a um, ham and cheese bagel. So good. It's and also, so good. And he did say bar because they are now open mm-hmm. later into the evening. And we're <clears> sitting <throat> at their awesome new bar. So yeah. it's on Washington Road here sure. in Mount Lebanon. So you really should come by. Clara is behind the counter. Not actually right now, but she was. So we may be hearing from Clara. We're going to start these Name That Neighborhood right questions. There. there she is. Well done. Yes. It's a new environment. It's a, it's a great environment. <laughs> I'm enjoying my time already. Oh, I know it. I know it. Hello, Clara. Hello. So the listeners are ready. We explained where we are, that we're back at Orbis. Mm-hmm. Is Don ready? Oh, maybe Clara will give you an assist. I don't know. I might have to give a shout out. We'll see. I love it. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Now, you're going to be happy to know there are only three statements of fact. Okay. No, I know. I'm being First nice. First time ever. Uh, I, don't, I think the live shows are always three, <laughs> actually. Okay, cool. Because of the banter. But, I don't know. When it happens in real time, like live like that, I don't always remember what happens until the end. Yeah. Because you're, you're doing it. You're living it. You're in it. Yeah. The neighborhoods that from I'm which choosing, you will be choosing. Yes, this day. Bloomfield uh-huh. or Oakland. Okay. The land of oak or the field of blooms. Thank you for that. Yes, mm-hmm. it is true. Are you ready? Bloomfield or Oakland? I am as ready as I will ever be okay. for these segments. That's fair. Yeah. Number one. Yes, ma'am. Pittsburgh is known for its city steps, and you'll find the word try written over and over on the risers of the Ella Street steps in this neighborhood. The Field of Blooms. Don is going with the Field of Blooms. Yes. And I will take a bite of my ham and cheese bagel now Mm. while we discern what the answer is. You are correct. 
It is Bloomfield. Mm -hmm. Well done. Okay. Let's talk a little about it. So, mm -hmm. it is true. So on the risers, I believe it's of the second flight. Mm -hmm. On each of them, it says, try, try, all identically painted. Uh -huh. So it's like some positivity, you know, like keep going, you can do this. Yeah. That the flight itself is almost a hundred steps. Wow. It is. Off of Ella, Ella, Ella Street. <laughs> That's right. Mm -hmm. And now a little more on the whole thing about Pittsburgh city steps. So. Pittsburgh does have more city steps than any other city in the country. If you added them all up, you get about 18 miles of, of city, city steps. steps. And so we're talking about any of those when you look up in the hillsides and you see staircases and things zigzagging up, those all count. That seemingly lead to nowhere sometimes? Yes, yeah. but they used to lead to somewhere, hmm. right? As people would walk uh -huh. to and from work. So we do, we have more than any other city. And so those on Ellis Street there mm -hmm. are just one of them. Just one. Well, I like that the message is try, 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 and not like every other step is like try harder, try harder. <laughs> Are you trying? <laughs> it's a good that, call. That would be fun. <laughs> Are you ready for number two? Always. That's my favorite number of the statements of fact. Is it really? Uh-huh. Okay. By the early 1800s, this neighborhood was owned by a few businessmen and landowners, including Neville B. Craig, editor of the Pittsburgh Gazette from 1829 to 1941. And by 1840, it was sold to William Eichbaum. Uh, let's go with the Oakland. You are correct. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You seem confident, really, about the first two thus far. I know. Are there anything the in reason there? I like yep. number two always is because the first one gets me into the game, mm -hmm. and then by the second one I'm like, all right, I'm in the game. Oh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. That makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. Was there anything in the statement that particularly led you to Craig? Yes. Craig Street. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I never knew that either. So yeah, you got in the early 1800s Neville B. Craig. He was the editor of the Pittsburgh Gazette, as I said, and he had a farm named. Ready for it? Ready. Belfield. Does that ring a bell? It does. Mm -hmm. There's a south and a north yeah. Belfield. <laughs> and so then 1836, there was an English immigrant named James Chadwick, um, who I just, I guess by that point had acquired it, and he sold nine acres to William Stewart. William Robert Robinson, the mayor of Allegheny at the time, acquired these nine acres, mm -hmm. then sold them to Mr. Eichbaum. And also, I'm wondering, Ike Baum, if that's Baum Boulevard. Is that how it's spelled? Because I'm it not is. looking. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I figure it is. Mm -hmm. Then, this became Ike Baum's farm. Ready? The name Oakland came yeah. from this farm because all of the oak, oak trees, trees were there. I did say the land of oak. You did. You did. So, so that's, yeah. Hmm. How about it? All those names from there. Craig, Ike Baum. Ike Baum's a great name. It is. Ike Baum's Farm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. It sounds like I want to go to there <laughs> to see all of the oak. All right, done. Already. Number three. Number three. Third and final. As quickly as it started, <laughs> it is ending this day. I didn't even have time to finish my bagel yet. Oh, my gosh. I know. Number three. Yes. Crossing over Skunk Hollow, the bridge in this neighborhood connects it with its neighbor, Polish Hill. 
Bloomfield. You are correct. Yay. That's a three for three. Oh, wow. That's a perfect score for today. Yes. So, the bridge as we know it today mm -hmm. is the second one that's been on that spot. First one, dedicated in November 1914. Mm -hmm. And it was a big deal because all the folks in Bloomfield and in Polish Hill all came together because now this bridge was going to be opened to connect them. And at the time, <clears throat> the Pittsburgh Sun wrote, quote, about the bridge. It was the longest, the highest, and one of the most expensive structures of the kind that has ever been erected by the city. Wow. That's a big deal. That is a huge deal. So, do you have this in your statements of fact? Since, you know, Oak Land was named after the oak. And I assume the Field of Blooms was named after the blooms everywhere. Were there many skunks in the hollow? underneath where the bridge was erected? I don't know. Okay. I actually was wondering that, and I did not have enough time All right. to learn that. But regarding Bloomfield, that was a previous name, that neighborhood, when Bloomfield, maybe the first time, because I think this is the third time it's been on, but mm -hmm. where George Washington, it came from when he was here, mm. how beautiful it was because of all the flowers. So apparently the name came bloom. from his time. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. Do you remember the um, George Washington Bridge? The George Washington, Washington Bridge. I think it was on like a Sesame Street no. album. No. I'm combining Skunk Hollow Bridge with George Washington now. But it's an actual song, listeners. Look it up. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Not you right now in real time, Tressa. <laughs> well, you Tressa. looked at me. I was like, oh my God, look it up right now. No, that's cool. Okay, so it's a song about the George Washington Bridge, Sesame yeah. Street. Okay, perhaps. Perhaps. Okay. You know. You got it. It's my memory from childhood. Mm -hmm. But I remember the tune. It, you yeah. know, it's catchy. Mm -hmm. You're catchy. You're catchy. Turn the page. Turn the page. Oh. <laughs> that's a story for it. Should I tell it now? Okay, sure. Tell it now. So Don is referring to when we, <laughs> one summer when I was growing up, so I'm maybe like middle school, like early, like elementary school maybe, okay? And my older sister, Debbie, who I mentioned on the show, came, and I have a younger sister, Maggie, and she was little, a toddler. And we were driving, driving from Pittsburgh to Sanibel Island, Florida, mm -hmm. which is pretty much as far south as you get there in Florida, driving. Sure. We, we you know, stopped over once, but um, anyway, it's a very long drive. One of the big white vans, this like star, what were they called? Aerostar, maybe? Star something vans, yeah. And my younger sister Maggie had a book, speaking of Sesame Street, mm -hmm. and it was called The Count Counts a Party. <laughs> and Mom. it was the book, and then it had the tape, right, that you put in the, so it was, you know, and then you, you read along, and then, so you have the count, I'm counting a party. And then, uh, uh, every time uh. it was time to turn the page, his little bats would say, turn the page, turn the page. <laughs> and to this day, hence the reason Don knows about it, sure. it, it, it was the most, I'm sorry, this isn't very yins are good of me, but annoying um, yeah, well, sound. Yeah. It, let's just say it left an impression <laughs> on Tressa. It left an impression, thank you. Turn the page, turn the page. Oh, yes. all the way to Florida. Hmm. So thank you for bringing that up again. Absolutely. I appreciate that. And I think that, that now mm -hmm. you're going to turn the page. Now that you've gotten that story out. Oh, look at you. Look at you. Thank you, uh, Bob Seeger. <laughs> Turn the page. Oh I thank you, Don. 
I thank you, Tressa. As always, for it's this a, time. It's a pleasure. And again, we're at Orbis, so make sure, come down. Come visit. Uh, you will not be disappointed, I promise. Until next time, Don. Yeah, have a ham and cheese uh, bagel or any of their other delicacies yeah. that are in the cabinet. So good, so good. So good. Um, yeah, until next time, let's, uh, let's turn the page on this episode of Name That Neighborhood. Oh, my God. Goodbye. Bye. a fun one. Always a good time at Orbis. Uh, and on that note, we will be bringing this episode, episode 64, to a close. I am your host, Tressa Glover. And just a reminder to be sure to check out Communities in Schools. CISPAC.org is their website uh, for the local chapter here in Pittsburgh. And of course, Vinny Borelli. You can find his info at vinnyborelli.com. Big thanks again to Emily and to Vinny for their time and for doing such good stuff. Thank you. And listeners, a reminder, if you want to share a story, share your thoughts, uh, send us an email to yinsaregood at gmail.com. Again, thanks so much for listening in. And until next time, be safe, be kind, be good. Special thanks to the Swissvale Farmers Market, Angelina Joswiak, Yajagoff Podcast, Don Julio, and as always for our fabulous artwork, Mike Rubino. 